Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. host of the Drew Allen Show, your millennial minister of truth. Well, I was off for a week. I was in Maui. Um, and I got to tell you, as much as I like going on vacation, which doesn't happen very often, I actually hate going on vacation too because the stories just pile up and I sit there and I just feel I'm, I'm frozen. I can't do anything about it. I can't talk to you. I can't address these issues. And of course, by the time I get back behind this microphone, uh, I've got a pile uh, that, that looks like, you know, an omnibus bill that's coming out of Congress. Um, hey, Captain, one fun thing that happened. I, I ran into Troy Aikman in Maui. And the only reason I say this is, you know, nobody else even, even realized it was Troy Aikman. But, of course, I do, being a Dallas native. And, of course, the last time the Cowboys were any good, you know, was the 90s. That You know, Troy Aikman was part of that, that dynasty. And so there I am looking at, you know, uh, Texas football royalty. And then I go over to the hotel and I turn on the Cowboys 49ers game. And it was so depressing. It was so depressing. I got smaller and smaller in that bar as the game went on until I I tried to make myself invisible. I was surrounded by 49ers fans. But uh, anyway, Dak Prescott, I think, uh, needless to say, is no Troy Aikman. So anyway, while I'm vacationing, of course, not too far from Pearl Harbor. Well, Joe Biden and his administration decide to uh, start the Third World War. A- am I getting this right, Captain? Uh, tanks going to Ukraine. Now, we were told, of course, that this was never going to happen. Those were Biden's words. I'll play that clip in a minute just to refresh our memories here. But, you know, if, if we sent tanks there, that's never going to happen. If it does, that would be World War Three. Joe Biden whispered into the microphone. Uh, and so here we are. And I got to tell you, I'm so sick and tired of this. And you know why I'm so sick and tired of this? Because we're being lied to. We're being bamboozled. Uh, they are using this crisis, this war, this proxy war between Russia and Ukraine to exact some agenda that they are not being forthcoming about. Now, we can speculate. It absolutely has to do with globalism. It has to do with uh, creating mechanisms, creating justifications for some kind of transformation, whether it be Green New Deal, energy, and so on and so forth. But I want to pick some of this apart today because it really needs to stop. And I'm so tired of hearing Lindsey Graham and other Republicans out there talking about this like it's a national security threat to America. I'm sorry, what is the national security threat to America between a war between Russia and Ukraine? And in the beginning of this, Captain, you know what? I could understand an argument that was, look, many, many years ago at the end of the Cold War, we told Ukraine that if they got rid of their nuclear weapons, essentially we would defend them from a Russian invasion. That was an agreement we made with them. That's not what the arguments are. The arguments are that it's a moving goalpost, right? It's like COVID. I mean, it, this, this is the thing. I mean, they, they are just playing with us, toying with us, and there's no one stopping them. Uh, you know, in the beginning, it was about, look, this is just wrong for Russia to invade a sovereign nation. 
This can't happen. And now it's, well, Russia's looking to basically take over all of Europe. They're not going to stop with Ukraine. That's what Lindsey Graham and these other mouthpieces for the military industrial complex are telling us. But anyway, let me just ask you a serious question. What is the status of the war between Russia and Ukraine? Who's winning? Is Russia winning? Is Ukraine winning? Well, Ukraine is not winning, despite the fact that we were told for months and months that Ukraine was really taking it to the Russians. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Ukraine, with all of their military weakness, is going to take on one of the largest military forces in the world, which is Russia, despite their economic size and so on and so forth. So who's winning? Ukraine's not winning. And right now, by the way, they're acting like it's Christmas during World War I that's been going on for several weeks now. And they essentially, the war just stopped. They're taking a break, you know. They're taking a break. You know, there's, there's, there's no, no, no fighting going on apparently right now. You know, they're waiting for the seasons to be right. You know, they got to wait for the, for the right seasonal conditions to continue this war. And, and by the way, you know, these figures that are coming out too, it's pure propaganda. I mean, the Ukrainians are telling us that they've killed over 100,000 Russian soldiers. Look, I'm not denying the fact that people have died in this, but 100,000 people, that's more people than, that's more than the Americans who were killed in World War I. 100,000 people? We only have, we have less than 500,000 active duty soldiers in the American military across the board. Less than 500,000. That would, that would represent a fifth of our armed forces dying. And we were told a long time ago, too, were we not, that sanctions, right? Sanctions are all, that's what's needed to stop this, right? We're going to put the first tranche, they called them, of sanctions. And then when that didn't work, we're going to go with the second tranche of sanctions. Then the third tranche of sanctions. What happened to sanctions? Are we all sanctioned out? Are there no more sanctions that we can put on Russia? Because obviously the sanctions didn't work. And so we go from sanctions to giving them over 100. It's $113 billion. Do you realize this, Captain? We gave Ukraine. We signed off on, well, we didn't do it. Because we have, you know, taxation without representation again. But Congress approved $113 billion to Ukraine in 2022. Now, we couldn't get $5 billion, of course, under Trump to secure our southern border. And why is it that this is, you know, you know, okay, Ukraine's being invaded by Russians. Okay. So they say 100,000 Russians have been killed in this and, and however many Ukraines. I mean, the figures don't add up. They say 100,000 total, 100,000 Russians. I mean, they're just making it up. But let's just say, 100,000 Russians and Ukrainians combined, let's say that's it, have died in the 11 months since Russia invaded. How many Americans have died from fentanyl overdoses? More than have died in the quote-unquote Russia-Ukraine war in the last year. In a 12-month period, more Americans have died from fentanyl overdoses than have died in the 11 months in Russia-Ukraine. Where are the calls to secure our border? They're not there. Now, by the way, they're calling uh, amnesty a right. 
Amnesty is right. You know, it's amazing. All the things that are actually rights in the Constitution, the Democratic Party is trying to eliminate. And all the things that aren't in the Constitution, they're trying to claim our rights. Abortion is a right. Amnesty is a right. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. I mean, five plus million illegals coming into this country under the Biden administration alone in the two plus years, that is an invasion, an invasion. But anyway, I want to go ahead, Captain, cue up cut one, because I just want you to hear the intolerable lies that are coming from this Biden administration and Biden himself. This is Biden not too long ago, not too long ago, less than a year ago, when confronted with the prospect, hey, you know, are you actually thinking about sending aircraft or tanks to Ukraine, Joe? And here's what he said. Go ahead and play it. The idea, the idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with American pilots and American crews, just understand, and uh, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War Three. Okay? That's called World War Three. okay? Well, by Joe Biden's definition, this would be called World War Three, And I'm very sick of people denying the fact that we... Look, let me put it this way. And I'm sorry I'm not in a very good mood today. I'm really not. I just... I really am sick and tired of this. Um, more than anything, I'm sick of being lied to. And I'm sick of there being no accountability whatsoever. We're just shouting into the void, it feels like, sometimes. But America is at war with Russia. Imagine for a second that China, and look, they are supporting the Russians in, in some ways. But imagine if China openly gave $113 billion in 2022 to the Russians to fund their war effort against Ukraine. How would the Biden administration respond to that? Imagine if China sent 31 tanks to Russia to help them fight the Ukrainians. Would we sit here and say that the, that, that, that the Chinese are not engaged in a war against Ukraine? Absolutely not. I mean, well, the Biden administration loves China, but theoretically, you know, the response would be, this is outrageous. The Chinese are funding the war effort in Russia. That's what we're doing in Ukraine. And, you know, people are, are bamboozled by the way this started in terms of Russia being the aggressor. And it's true, but, but at, at what point does this end, I guess, is the question, because it doesn't end. It's never going to end. John Kirby has been asked about this recently. I, I, I guess, he, here's how do you feel as an American taxpayer? We have all these problems here in the United States of America. Very, very serious problems. With the illegal immigration, with fentanyl deaths, with violence in our streets, with the cartels coming over and taking advantage of the open border policy of the Biden administration. Americans are dying because of the policies of this administration. Where is the concern about those deaths 
and that hardship caused by this administration. Everyone's focused on Russia, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine. And if we're going to give $113 billion to Ukraine to help them in a war that has zero impact on Americans whatsoever, none, none, this doesn't, this, this has nothing to do with us. I mean, you've got Germany, you've got other people who are actually at risk because of energy, you know, uh, energy ties to, to, you know, needing uh, gas, for example, natural gas from Russia and so on and so forth. That's their problem. And, and somehow we are here footing the bill for Ukraine. And I got another question, Captain, because this just seems very strange to me. So we just had the World Economic Forum, right? They met in Davos, Davos in Switzerland. And Zelensky, Zelensky is meeting, met with Larry Fink, executives of BlackRock, which of course is an investment firm based out of the United States. And you know what they met about, right? So BlackRock is meeting with Zelensky to discuss coordinating efforts, money to rebuild Ukraine. Now, it's just odd to me because, you know, imagine if Churchill, right? The Nazis are busy currently bombing London, right? Early stage of the war. And and, and you'll hear, Kirby has no idea in a minute, by the way, how long this is going to go on. He says, he says we should just buckle up. This could go on forever. This is going on forever. Just buckle up and get ready for it. We got to keep sending tanks. Next will be fighter jets. Keep sending billions of dollars of American taxpayer money over to Ukraine. Just get ready for it, folks. You know, we had to get out of Afghanistan. That was the forever war, right? We can't stay there. But we're going to get right into Ukraine forever. And no questions, by the way, about what this is about. You know, I remember these liberals. Remember all the all the pacifists on the left, right? I mean, when it came to invading Iraq or going into Iraq, it was, it's about the oil. It's greedy America. We're going, George Bush just wants the oil. That's the ulterior motive, right? That's all they were focused about. Now, when it comes to Ukraine, which is a corrupt country where Biden has corrupt associations, and we'll get to that in a minute, no questions from the left. It's just Zelensky's amazing. He's so wonderful. We'll give him anything and everything he wants. No questions whatsoever. But anyway, go, go ahead and play cut to actually. I want you to hear John Kirby. This should make you feel good. So, all right. When's the Ukraine war going to end? Go ahead, John. Tell us, Kerbs. I think we need to prepare ourselves that, uh, to, uh, to, to continue to, to have to continue to support Ukraine for, for quite some time. I can't be perfectly predictive. Oh, of course not. Can't be perfectly predictive. When have they ever gotten anything right? And when have they ever been honest about anything? And I, I do, would just like to know what the strategy is here. You know, Zelensky, you know why I despise this punk, Zelensky? And he is a punk. This guy needs to get his head, uh, well, you know, I bring back the tar and feathering, you know. But, but you know, I, I'd stick, stick this guy. Well, I'll carry on. I'll be nice. All right, look. Zelensky is an entitled little brat. He comes to our Congress and he wears sweat, a tracksuit to address the American Congress and try and guilt us into giving his money as if we, we owe him something. We owe him nothing. But here they are in this little peacetime before they gear up for war again. 
And Zelensky is saying he has no intention of peace talks with Putin. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Now, you would think that if the Americans, if we are on the hook for funding this war, that we would have a lot of say in what goes on, what the end result's going to be, and what Zelensky does. Instead of being some open piggy bank to just spend endlessly, pour these billions of dollars into Ukraine, which we have no idea what they're being spent on or where they're going. All we know is that it's never enough money. It's never enough. We need the money, then we need the tanks, then we need the fighter jets. Before that, we needed the missile systems, defensive missile systems. And and I I guess the question is too, I mean, if the goal is Lindsey Graham and these other people are saying is we have to just end this now. You know, we have to prevent Putin from taking over Ukraine because then he's going to go and take over Poland and take over this and that. I mean, he's he's Hitler, right? Well, what are 31 tanks going to do? Are 31 tanks going to defeat the Russians? Serious question. What's the strategy here? There is none. There is none. But back to my point about Churchill. So what's bizarre to me is Zelensky's so worried about the situation in Ukraine. You know, they're, they're under attack right now. They're, they're outgunned, outmanned. They need tanks from America. And while this is all going on, he finds the calm to go and talk to BlackRock about how they're going to rebuild. I mean, my point is, wouldn't it be odd if Winston Churchill while London was being bombed by the Nazis, met with some investment company to discuss how they were going to rebuild London after the war. You know, that's usually a conversation that comes once you know and see the end in sight. We're being told they don't know what's going on. We don't know when this war is going to end. And yet somebody seems to have some kind of plan about when it's going to end and what the solution's going to be because Zelensky and BlackRock are getting together and talking about how they're going to transform the economy of Ukraine after this and use it for something else. To me, that's the biggest red flag that this is being manipulated. Totally manipulated. And one of the uh, suggestions, by the way, about Russia, Ukraine and what's going on, it's been speculated in the past that some kind of proxy war might take place more between the East and the West to get rid of the petrodollar. Now, I won't get too in the weeds with this. I've written about it at human events before, but people don't realize how important the petrodollar is. The petrodollar is this. Many years ago, under the Nixon administration, we made a deal with Saudi Arabia that all of the oil bought that came out of Saudi Arabia, the exchange would be done in American dollars, period. You couldn't go in and use yuan to buy oil from Saudi Arabia. You could only use American dollars. And I cannot tell you how important that was in terms of bolstering our own economy from world catastrophes. Because there's always a market for dollars. There's always somewhere to put the dollar, to put our debt. And the Saudi Arabians have just announced that they're going to open up sale, the sale of gas there to other currencies. So the American dollar is no longer going to be king. This is going to lead to hyperinflation. The yuan is going to replace the dollar. And this goes beyond that. This goes to what the WF is up to in planning, what our own uh, uh, Fed is up to with these global digital currencies, basically getting rid of physical dollars. 
control. But that's where this is heading. So, I just, um, you know, I have a lot of questions, you know. I, I mean, we're sending 31 tanks over there to, uh, to rush Ukraine. By the way, actually, let me make this point, Captain. Our government right now and the Biden administration, they're like that movie War Dogs. Do you recall just last year, do you recall how we left $7 billion in American military equipment in Afghanistan in the botched withdrawal that left 13 American service members dead in a suicide bombing at the Kabul airport? Well, those $7 billion in American military equipment, arms, and so on and so forth, well, they were simply handed over to the Taliban. It was very odd, by the way. You know, when we left Iraq, logistically, we did leave things behind and we blew them up. This is what you do. You get your stuff out or you destroy it because you don't want the enemy to have free goodies like tanks and so on and so forth. That's what you'd normally do. But Biden didn't do it. And it was always very, very bizarre to me that that could happen. You have all this time that you're planning this beautiful exit from Afghanistan, right? It's going to be so perfectly executed because you're Joe Biden and you're an idiot. And um, somehow we just left it behind and the Taliban had it. Well, we are sending 31 tanks to Ukraine. But the Taliban is negotiating with Putin to buy the American military equipment that we left behind in Afghanistan. So we are both providing Putin with weapons, American weapons, and we're providing Ukraine with American weapons. Is this not strange? If you were Biden and the administration, don't you think that you would blow that up? Don't you think that'd be a big deal that you'd be wanting to somehow, you know, you're you're such a great wheeler and dealer, get over there and maybe you could meet with the Taliban in between telling them to stop beating the women and preventing them from driving and stoning each other. Maybe you could also bring up the fact that if they dare sell those weapons to the Russians, maybe there's hell to pay. That's not happening. None of this makes sense is the point. And if it stinks, there's a reason that it does. So anyway, we're at war with Russia. Congratulations. Once again, these pacifist Democrats who condemn war are getting us involved in another war. The same people that condemned the war in Iraq, the same people who wanted us to withdraw from Afghanistan, the anti-war, defund the military Democratic Party who says the military is overfunded with taxpayer dollars. Well, they're all in on the war between Russia and Ukraine. And we are now involved in a war with Russia. That's where we are. And whether Russia wins or Ukraine wins, I don't know. What impact does that have on the United States of America? I mean, Russia annexed Crimea under the zero, bingo. Russia annexed Crimea under the Obama administration. Now they want to annex additional territory. And what, 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 you know, what, whatever happened to not meddling in other people's affairs, Captain? I thought this was a tenant of the Democratic Party. You know, we're a bunch of colonialists, colonists, whatever they want to call us. Unbelievable. So anyway, I just, I just don't get it. You know, and here's the other thing too, I'd say. Um, you know, why, why, why would any American believe that 
the Biden administration has America's interests at heart with regards to engaging in this war with Russia, when all our government does here at home is engage in harmful behavior that hurts the American people. I mean, Biden is intentionally ruining the American economy, intentionally making this country less secure. We have an open border. Our children are dying from fentanyl, as I have said. It's a disaster. Every policy, they want to come for gas stoves. They want to come for your gun rights. They want to come for your First Amendment. They use the FBI to go after their political opponents. So amidst all that, why would you think for a second that whatever Biden's doing in Ukraine is actually meant to be beneficial to the United States of America? You know, I, I, before I get into the debt ceiling and everything, Captain, you know, it's just really astonishing to me how, well, one, how anybody could ever vote for a Democrat in their life. But, but we are told by this administration of Democrats that, you know, we need to switch to renewable energy. So we've got to get rid of gas. So they won't drill for gas here. They won't drill for oil here in America. Uh, they refuse to, to, to increase production. They want to ban gas stoves. They want to ban gas-powered vehicles by 2035. Well, they want what? They want us all to drive electric vehicles. And electric vehicles require something called cobalt. Okay? So even amidst the Democrat quest, the climate cult, even amidst their war against American energy independence, as they insist that we transition to a quote-unquote clean energy economy, well, they still won't even mine for cobalt in America. They want to outsource that even to the Congo, you know, where they have child slavery, child, child slavery. So this is this happened on Thursday. The Biden administration announced that it would complete a 20 year withdrawal of two hundred twenty five thousand five hundred four acres in a northern Minnesota forest area that is home to some of the largest domestic critical mineral reserves. So. Twin Metals Mining Project, Twin Metals, because it's Minnesota. Well, that project there contains about 88% of our nation's cobalt reserves, in addition to vast copper, nickel, and platinum group elements. Now, these are critical minerals. They're vital for green energy technologies like making electric vehicle, batteries, battery storage facilities, solar panels, wind turbines, right? All these things, right? All these renewable sources, the turbines, the solar panels, the electric vehicle batteries, well, they all require these precious resources. And we have them here at home. And Joe Biden, his administration just announced that it's going to ban mining for these critical elements for the next 20 years. Can someone make sense of this for me? Can someone please help? How does this solve the problem? 
You want to switch to, I mean, it's an admission that they're full of crap for one. So these, this renewable energy, it's so safe and so clean and so green that they're banning mining in America for those very critical components because the environmentalists worry that it's going to contaminate the environment by the mining activity. You know, these people can go straight to hell. I got to I got to tell you. So <clears throat> I want to talk about something important. I want to talk about the debt ceiling. All right. Now, the Democrats are out there spouting their usual talking points, telling us, of course, that, well, we just need to pay more in taxes to pay for their spending and that we are selfish and that we're irresponsible and that we just need to fork it out, fork it over because they're so responsible with our money. They need $113 billion more this year to send to Ukraine. Where is it going to come from? They can't cut any spending in the federal government. No, no. They've got to get it from you and me. And so I want you to play, get, get cut three ready, Captain. I want you to hear Focahontas. This is Focahontas talking about the debt ceiling. Now, she's lying because she's a liar. She's a propagandist. Focahontas, who lied about being an Indian, a Native American. So it's no surprise that she's lying about the debt ceiling. And by the way, these people are so stupid that they don't even understand it. Now, many of them are just useful idiots for the left. They are given their talking points. They go on MSNBC like the Morning Joe show with the Joe the Schmo. And they say what they're told to say. Some of these people are smart Marxists. They understand the game. But most people like Elizabeth Warren are just useful idiots. They used diversity to get ahead. And I, I, got, I got another clip to play for you. Don't let me forget, Captain, of the latest uh, judicial nominee from Joe Biden. She, she doesn't know what's in the Constitution. And she wants to sit on a federal bench. It's amazing. So anyway, go ahead and play, uh, play cut three there, Captain. If the Republicans had not pushed just two things, the Republican tax cuts that went mostly to those at the very top and the biggest corporations and hollowing out the IRS specifically so they could not hold wealthy tax cheats accountable, wouldn't be able to audit them. If those two things had not happened, then we wouldn't even hit the debt ceiling at any time during the first Biden administration. Is currently at $31.4 trillion. $31.4 trillion. And they just need more money. They need more money to pay off the interest rate. Now, the first thing is that these reprobates sit there and go on TV and claim that you having more money is the reason that we have a debt crisis. It's never a spending problem. It's you're not paying enough. And this is, this is why the IRS needs to be abolished. Abolished. Because the Democrats do what the Democrats always do. With every new instrument of power that is added to the little repertoire there, 
in Washington, D.C., whether it's the FBI, whether it's the whatever, pick this administration or that administration, they're all abused. And they're all used to seize power and control. And you have less liberty because of it. And this is the problem. Because of the current tax code, because of the creation of the IRS and the 16th Amendment, which I'll get into in a minute, well, the federal government has the authority to simply tax you into oblivion. There, there is no reason for them to be restrained because they can always raise your taxes. They can always come for more of your income. And, you know, the, they don't want to address the spending problem in Washington, D.C. They will not stop spending. They will not make cuts. They cannot pay off the current debt. They will not pay off the current debt. Instead, they just want to increase the debt ceiling or get rid of the debt ceiling and raise taxes and continue expanding the debt forever. It is fiscal suicide. Now, the second point she's making is Republicans are busy trying to get rid of what the 87,000 IRS agents. Well, they can't do it. They can pass all all the bills they want or promote, you know, but they're going to get vetoed by Joe Biden. Actually, I'm going to address more of what she said in a second. I want to get into the debt ceiling, but but, but play cut four. This is Joe Biden. I want you to hear this guy. We are told we've got to compromise with the Democrats. He's ready. Joe Biden said he's ready to work with Republicans, right? They're going to come in and they're going to have the majority in the House. And he's just, yep, I'm, I'm willing to work with them if they're willing to work with me. Liar. Go ahead and play cut four. So we have a rhetorical question. What in God's name would the Americans give up the progress we've made? for the chaos they're suggesting. I don't get it. That's why the MAGA Republicans deliberately choose to inflict this kind of pain on the American people. Why? Why? This nation has gone through too much. We've come too far to let that happen. I will not let it happen. Not on my watch. I will veto everything they send me. Well, there you go. Just unilaterally. I'm going to veto everything they send me. Some kind of president, isn't he? so willing to reach across the aisle, so willing to work with Republicans. This is um, this is the worst president in American history, period. The most egregious liar, the most corrupt individual, the most shallow, empty, vacant mind that's ever disgraced the White House. It's incredible to me. And he just gets away with it. And, uh, you know, the army of brain-dead Democrats out there. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I really do. I, I, I just get to a point, Captain. I mean, objectively, you just look at what these people say, what they're doing, what they've done. I mean, to sit th- this guy is responsible for some of the most destructive policies in American history. And he's there gaslighting the American people, saying that Republicans, why would they want to do this to you after everything he's done? I mean, after the COVID lies and the vaccine mandates and the lies about how the vaccine's going to prevent you from getting infected, trying to segregate society, the Inflation Reduction Act, which was a lie, which was 
misnamed on purpose to mislead the American people, when now they admit it was simply about helping transition to the Green New Deal. Destroying jobs. I mean, I, I, I go through Twitter sometimes, and whoever writes his post, Captain, it, it, one episode, I'm just going to have to do five minutes, and I'll just put them up. It is astounding. It's pure propaganda. Every single thing that he puts out is a lie. And, and I'm just so tired of this. I mean, the interest payments in the country, by the way, are about $400 billion. The government steals $5 trillion in taxes every year. You can't find anywhere to cut. Do you know that the government doesn't even know how many agencies they have? They have so many that they don't know how many there are. They were asked recently. They, they, they don't know. They can't report it. They have no clue. Just pissing money away. I mean, I, we just aren't paying enough. Five trillion isn't enough in taxes. I'm just so sick of these people acting so irresponsibly, and then they blame us. It's not their fault. It's your fault. While you can't pay for groceries, while you can't, while you struggle to pay to fill up your car with gas, while you struggle to make ends meet, while inflation outpaces any kind of wage growth, these jerk-offs tell you that you need to give them more money because, you know, you're being chintzy with the government. I mean, they're crushing us. Crushing us. And they tell us, by the way, just get used to it. Oh, this is just the new normal, you know. You're going to be poor and you're going to love it. You're going to have nothing and you're going to be happy. Now, Republicans have proposed a national sales tax to replace the current progressive income tax to abolish the IRS. And the left is ridiculing it. They're making fun of it. They're acting like it's the stupidest idea ever. But they say that because they're idiots. Now, under the proposal by the House Republicans, which is never going to get passed, you would pay 30% in sales tax instead of paying income taxes. So, it's called a fair tax, by the way. It's been around for a long time. This isn't something new, okay? I think in the 90s it was introduced in a big way, and it's kind of loses steam, and now it's coming back. So, the fair tax is amazing. You know why? Because you get taxed on what you pay for. You get taxed on what you pay for. So if you want to buy a $100,000 car, guess what? You pay $30,000 in taxes. You want to buy a $50,000 car? Guess what? You pay $15,000 in taxes. So the rich continue to pay their fair share, by the way, because they're making larger purchases. But you also have control over your income. So you spend 100 bucks at the grocery store, Captain, right? You pay 30 bucks in taxes. It's very clean. It's very easy to understand. Now, 30% sales tax sounds like an enormous number, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, I, I mean, I hear 30%. I say, okay, that, 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 that sounds like a lot. But let me break this down for you. Two things. One, this would expand the tax base. So do you realize that right now only... 155 million Americans pay taxes. That's it. That's it. Now, a fair tax would expand the tax paying base to 250 million people. 
look at all that new revenue. You'd think the government would love that, wouldn't they? They'd be making more money hand over fist than they've ever made before. So why are they opposed to it? Think about your taxes right now. We pay a federal tax, federal, we pay a federal tax. You pay a state income tax. Don't forget when you look at your paycheck, the social security tax, which I think is about 6% or something like that. It's, it's enormous. Then you've got, you know, your medical taxes you pay. And then in addition to that, you pay taxes on everything else you buy, right? The sales tax. So you're getting taxed up the wazoo. And let me give an example from California where I live. The way the tax structure is right now in California, between federal income tax, state income tax, if you make $100,000 a year in California, guess how much you pay in taxes? $30,000. Isn't that funny? That would be 30%. Ooh, suddenly the 30% sales tax doesn't sound too crazy, does it, when you're paying 30% of your salary already to taxes if you make 100000 So right now, if you make 100000 in California, you're really making 70000 And then from there, you go and make your purchases and you get taxed on it and so on and so forth. Now, the fair tax gives you control over your spending. And it also takes away a weapon from the government, right? So right now, the federal government loves to play uh, rich versus poor. You're not paying your fair share, yada, 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 whatever. So it's a great campaign issue. It's a great way to split the country up, foment jealousy, you know, commit, you know, at least half of the, uh, violate half of the Ten Commandments. And so they don't like it, you know, because they like to say, uh, you know, they can't income bait, for example, you know, uh, they, the rich are evil, corporations are evil. So, you know, the government can't use the IRS as this, as this instrument of intimidation either. But, but just imagine that for a second. If you make $100,000 a year under this, you make $100,000 a year. And then you can spend what you want or not spend what you want. But at the end of the day, everyone's got skin in the game and everyone's equal. It's absolutely fair. And the reason they hate this is because a fair tax empowers the citizen. It doesn't empower the government. And that's the real reason they oppose this. And, and, and you know, the, the, the problem, you know what the problem is with getting these things done that are going to improve the economy, Captain? It's that people don't have any perspective. They don't have any perspective. You know, the IRS was only created during the Civil War with one purpose. We were having a civil war. They needed tax revenue. And at that time, they weren't collecting really any taxes. So they needed to do it for the short term. And, and, and they shut it down a few years later. So it existed only for that. And then I think it was 1911. You know, I, I forget the exact date that um, we actually had a, a 16th Amendment passed. I think it was the 16th Amendment. No, it was 1909. 1909. That's when they passed the 16th Amendment. And you know what's funny about the 16th Amendment? That, well, that's, by the way, that, that, that gave the federal government the right to impose federal income tax. Before that, they didn't have the right to do it. And they tried to do this a few times, and the Supreme Court shut it down. So 1909 is really when everything changed in America. 
And from there, and I want you to think about this. You know, at the time when they talked about taxes, 3% was, the, was like the top bracket. The richest were going to pay 3%. Now you're paying, I think, 37% if you're in the top bracket. You know, I mean, it's, it's a graduated income tax, which I'll explain because Joe Biden doesn't know. Think about this. I want to play this clip for you. This is cut five, Captain. This is Biden. So these are your politicians. The people that are telling you that we need to pay our fair share, the people that are telling us that we can't have an alternative to the current tax system, even though we were much better off before the creation of this 1909 um, 16th Amendment. But, but here's the guy. Here's the guy lecturing you. The guy who's, you know, 10% for the big guy. The guy that's made all his money selling out his country to foreign entities. This guy that's never held a private sector job in his entire life. I mean, I don't know. He's got a few lies out there, you know, like he worked for a, you know, concrete company or something. And then there's no record of him working there. So anyway, I, I don't know. But the guy's never worked in the real world. He's gotten rich off of you and me and selling his position to the highest bidder. Go ahead and play the cut. Up to $139,000, you pay slightly more the more you make. But it stops there. And so if you're making a billion dollars, you pay the same amount you're paying if you made $139,000. I think it's $139,000. Well, guess what? Keep the same percentage or something like it. Make sure that nobody making... Um... Joe Biden is the dumbest man in America. Dumbest man in America. I don't know where he gets the $139,000 number. For, like, it's an arbitrary number. I mean, um, I, 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 you know, I printed it out for my own purposes right here. Okay? This document is the current breakdown of the income tax. And if you make $578,126 or more, every dollar earned above that gets taxed at at 37%. 37%. So, you know, this guy, (laughs) I mean, you know, you would think that this would just sink somebody's career. Like that somebody would turn against you. I mean, the president of the United States who's out there I mean, he doesn't understand the current tax code. He doesn't understand federal income taxes. And this guy at the executive branch, the president of the United States, is out there calling on Congress to do this and that. I mean, these people are such idiots. Running the country. Speaking of idiots, play cut six, Captain. So Biden, <laughs> this, is, this is a hearing uh, for one of Biden's judicial nominees, uh, I forget which which state. I think it's out of Washington or whatever. But but th- th- so you know, this person went to law school. This okay. <clears throat> Let me slow down here and just catch my breath. This person went to Gonzaga. This person has a law degree from Gonzaga. Now, my wife didn't go to Gonzaga because when she went on a tour of the school. Uh, the student who was taken around told her that it was the meth capital of the world. So maybe that's why the law students aren't doing so well there. Maybe they're, they're doing meth while they're taking their courses. But anyhow, so, so and, and look, I, I, this is what diversity hiring gets you, okay? And I'm, I, look, I, I'm not making that up. 
you, you can look at her, her, you know, the left's out there trying to defend her because she's a moron and she deserves to just be retired right now. And one of the things they say is she got a scholarship for, for diversity. So it's like Kareem Jean-Pierre, you know, if, if you want to make someone press sec- secretary because they're black and gay, well, you get Kareem Jean-Pierre, the dumbest press secretary in American history. So anyway, play this cut, Captain. Listen to this exchange. This is incredible. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and congratulations uh, to all of you. Um, judge on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, In my 12 years as an assistant attorney general and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, we are the highest trial court in Washington State, so I'm frequently faced with um, issues that I'm not familiar with, and I thoroughly review the law, our research, and apply the law to the facts presented to me. Well, you're going to be faced with it as a, if you're confirmed. I can assure you of that. Honestly, that's hard to listen to. I mean, that, that's such an, she's, she seems perfectly nice there, you know, very soft-spoken, very stupid, but you know, it is what it is, but she doesn't know what article five of the constitution, what it says. She doesn't know about article two. I, I, I just don't know how, how that could happen. I mean, you, you have a law degree. You, you would think that, I mean, can you imagine if your doc, if you got in there with your doctor captain? You know, and, and, and they were this uh, assertive about treating you. It's just shocking. It's shocking. So, I mean, this is somebody who got through high school. She's got a BA. She's got a law degree. And, you know, she can't, uh, uh, you know, answer questions that are, you know, an eighth grader 100 years ago would have been required to know. I mean, this is... This is the, it, I don't know. I mean, I mean, by the way, Article 5, it has to do with the amendments process, I believe. And Article, what was the other article she said, Captain? He was talking about one or two. Article 5 and two. Two is the executive branch, I believe. Anyway, but the point is, middle class uh, people should know this. Anyway, uh, Captain... Hang with me. I got to decide what's important here. What I want to discuss. How about this? There's never a bad time to talk about the corruption of the Biden family. So the U.S. Treasury Department, Janet Yellen, she is obstructing the uh, chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee from attaining tax documents related to Hunter and Joe Biden. Now, remember, they just turned these documents over 
to the Democrats not long ago, right? Those were uh, Trump's tax returns, right? They sued and sued and sued and sued to get them. And they claimed that, you know, the American people had a right to know that. Now, well, the tables have turned. It's Congressman James Comer, right? I mean, this is great. He's the chairman of that committee. Well, he wrote to uh, um, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen asking for records with a records request because he wanted the committee to review any, you know, suspicious activity reports, he called them, the Treasury might have related to Hunter Biden's financial transactions over the years. Now, look, he's not asking even for documents corresponding to the president of the United States. He's asking for them as they relate to Hunter Biden. He's not a public official. And so I mentioned that because the excuse they're giving is a total sham and a lie to prevent them from accessing this. And the reason they are getting involved and trying to obstruct this from happening is because remember that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden shared a bank account. They shared a bank account, which was a very convenient means of, well, hiding who was making deposits and who was taking deposits out. You don't know who it is. It's like my wife and I sharing a debit card. Somebody's pulling out money. Someone's putting money in. Who knows? Anyway, so they refused on Wednesday to provide the House Republicans these reports related to what? Foreign banking and other business transactions by Hunter Biden and other members of President Joe Biden's family. Now, if if Donald Trump had reacted this way, they would be calling for his scalp. They would be calling to impeach him because he's obstruct. What do you have to hide? Right. That's the argument from the Democrats. And of course, they eventually got his tax returns and it showed that he didn't do anything wrong. But we know that there's a smoking gun here. And Janet Yellen and the Treasury Secretary are directly working at the behest of the Bidens and the Democrats and all of their corruption to hide it from the American people. And they're doing more and more of this in so many ways, Captain. The other thing, I heard Rand Paul, he was on TV the other day talking about overclassification. Have you heard about this? The, the, the government is basically stamping classified on everything. Because if it's classified, even Congress pronouns can't access it. And so when it came to, for example, the origins of the, the, of the Wuhan flu, which we know is the Wuhan lab of virology in China, well, they'll classify the documents so that Rand Paul, if they're investigating, well, he's not permitted to access those documents. So they're doing this not to protect the American people. They're doing it to hide their corruption. And so they just classify documents so that you can never see it. This is what I mean. Everything that exists, the Democrats abuse power. It's all abuse. And the, the, the real abused victim here is the American people. The American people. And they're not subject to any of the types of laws, restrictions, repercussions, consequences that ordinary American people are. Adam Schiff, perfect example. Cue up uh, cut seven. So... I don't know if you heard about this. Adam Schiff, he's going to be running for Senate. That's right. He's going to, he wants Dianne Feinstein's Senate seat. Now, Adam Schiff is proof that as a Democrat, you can fail upward and upward and upward. 
Adam Schiff has been in Congress since the early 2000s. And now he, of course, the, you know, everyone wants to become a senator, right? You only have to run every six years. It's more prestigious. So that's where he sees himself. Now, Adam Schiff is a known leaker of classified information. Now, there are penalties for this, by the way, including jail time. But there's no investigations into him. Trump called him out in 2017. I believe it was. But um, I want to find this real quick, Captain. Here we go. I got it. So 2020, Trump called him out for leaking classified documents. He did the same in 2017. We know that Adam Schiff lied to the American people about Trump-Russia collusion. And we know why. I mean, here's, the, here's what Schiff did. Schiff was told behind closed doors that there was no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. He was given this information, and then he went on TV, and he lied and said the opposite, that he had seen evidence that convinced him that Trump would be found guilty of Trump-Russia collusion. This is a liar. He went on MSNBC. He went everywhere he could to talk about this stuff. I mean, he, he, I mean what did he say? I've got a quote here. Schiff teased on uh, MSNBC on March of 2017, Captain. He said he couldn't go into particulars, but there's more than circumstantial evidence now. He was told this, even though transcripts of those conversations behind closed doors revealed that he was told directly in July of 2017 that, um, well, James Clapper told Schiff and his colleagues, I never saw any direct empirical evidence that the Trump campaign, you know, was conspiring with the Russians to meddle with the election. So he knows, and he goes out and lies about it. And so he's leaked classified documents to the public repeatedly, and that's why he got kicked off the Intel Committee. The guy has access to privileged information that even other House members aren't privy to if they're not on the committee. And this guy's taking that information, which is classified, and leaking it to the press. It's incredible. So the one good thing that came out of the omnibus bill, Captain, the only good thing in my opinion, was that there is a federal ban on the use of federal employees using TikTok. Now, it was set to go into effect in 60 days. But nonetheless, imagine this. You're in the House like Adam Schiff. You vote to pass an omnibus, omnibus, omnibus bill that says that federal employees cannot use TikTok, which includes Adam Schiff. And Adam Schiff goes on TikTok to raise money and start his Senate fundraising campaign for that seat. Go ahead and play uh, Cut 7, Captain. Hello, I'm Congressman Adam Schiff with some troubling news. Today, Kevin McCarthy removed me from the House Intelligence Committee, all for doing my job, for holding Trump accountable and standing up to the extreme MAGA Republicans. We knew it would be bad when the Republicans took over, but it's far worse than we expected. But I can promise you this. This is not the end of my fight for our democracy. This is just the beginning. Please. Join us and contribute today. Thank you. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Oh, man. Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. Proof that you can fail upwards. I mean, what a loser. What an absolute loser. And this guy wants to be a senator, but he's going to run in California. So the likelihood is that he'll get the seat because in California, actually being a leaker of classified information, um, 
being a, a reprobate, I mean, that's kind of a, a qualification. That's needed to get on the ballot here in California. And California voters look for this. You know, they say, who's the most corrupt guy? We love Newsom. He wants to abolish the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, et cetera. Let's vote for him. That's good for all of us. I didn't even have time to get into the Pfizer stuff. Man, oh, man. I'll save that for Monday. I'm sure there'll be some more information. But let's just put it this way. Pfizer is having meetings, has been discussing, and seems to, based on the interview that Project Veritas conducted undercover, that they're actually engaged in at least early stages of what you would call essentially gain-of-function research. Basically, Pfizer is sitting here saying, hey, we could make a lot more money if we could enhance this virus and get a, um, and get a new uh, booster shot going and then market it. And, of course, the guy got caught and confronted, and it was amazing. Paul Pelosi, I forgot Paul Pelosi. They released the, the, uh, the footage. And I'm not going to make fun of Paul. He gets hit, gets hit with a hammer. It's kind of amazing. But <clears throat> the reason they didn't release it is because it, it, it doesn't really help them with the narrative that MAGA Republicans are responsible for violence. But it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Uh, he never puts down his drink after the police come in the house. I, I don't know who even opened the door. That's my question. I guess he feasibly could have opened himself, but you can't really tell. But, you know, the police come to the door and Paul Pelosi, he's sitting there, one hand on a hammer and one hand still holding a drink in, in, in front of the door. And that's when the attack happens. But it, it's, 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 it's bizarre. But anyway, all right, it's good to be back with you. You know, get my sea legs uh, back beneath me. Um, well, Captain, this is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth and the uh, boomer over here. And we'll be back with you next week. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew Allen. Hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.